Black Baseball Mixtape family. It is Monday. You know what that means. We are in the month of October. You also know what that means. It is playoff time in MLB. The playoffs aren't coming anymore. The playoffs are here. They start tomorrow with the Divisional Series, and I am so excited, man. I mean, we've got the best teams in baseball on paper. <laughs> Look, on record-wise, we've got the best teams on baseball ready to kick it off, and I'm so excited. I think I've told you over and over again as an Orioles fan, I, I can't be more excited for what's coming. We Obviously, the Orioles clinch the AL lease they get the bye so they play a home game this coming Saturday I'm excited I'm excited the Braves the Dodgers they're all with buys they're all kicking off on Saturday but the divisional series are should be pretty exciting they've got some really really good teams in there the Rays are in there the Blue Jays are in there you got to see what the Brewers are going to do you got to see what the Twins are going to do it's just the most exciting time of the year for a baseball fan. The tension, the tension of playoff baseball starts in the first inning, goes to the ninth inning. Every pitch, every play, it all matters. And that fall season, man, when you get – look at what happened last year. The Phillies weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs last year. They make a run that's going all the way to the World Series. This year, the Phillies take on the Marlins starting tomorrow. And a fun fact about the Marlins, they don't get in the playoffs unless they win the World Series. So, I mean, they're not favored to win the World Series this year, but it is an exciting, exciting time for baseball fans. And it's exciting time for the Black Baseball Mixtape Podcast. We've got a really special podcast for you this Monday. I always, always tell you guys, make sure you check out the community conversations that happen on IG Live, the Black Baseball Mixtape Instagram page, every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Every Sunday, we have a conversation either with the crew or a special guest. We had an impromptu special guest last night, and it was awesome. Coach Huey Hackett from the L.A. Crawfords is a youth travel ball team out of Los Angeles. They really, really do an amazing job when we talk about serving diversity in the travel ball space, serving diversity for youth, getting youth involved in the game. Coach Hackett is a tremendous leader. He was able to join us briefly last night on IG Live to tell us a little bit about the L.A. Crawford's program, how it started. It actually started during the pandemic. They were looking for a way to get boys to play. And they were obviously, he's, you know, had his extensive background in both baseball and basketball. But it was just an amazing conversation from an amazing leader who's been around the game and trying to get more black and brown people at the youth level. When I talk about the youth level, we're talking about six years old, seven years old. Uh, they got, I think, a program, travel ball teams from six to nine years old, maybe more now. Uh, and Coach Hackett was able to join us last night. He joined myself and Flobo and was able to really, really give some game. So exciting time. It's not the whole community conversation. It's just the interview with Coach Hackett on this podcast. Instagram's audio is not as good as, say, the audio you're hearing right now. And so there will be a, a quality downgrade in the audio. But you can actually go on to the Black Baseball Mixtape Instagram page and watch the interview live. You'll also be able to hear 
uh, myself and Flobo talk about our, our World Series predictions, our playoff predictions. We talked about the uh, firing of Buck Showalter and how Showalter is one of the last of the Mohicans at 67 years old, one of those guys that really predates uh, sabermetrics and advanced analytics. So it was really, really uh, a good community conversation. But I want you to listen to Coach Hackett, learn about the L.A. Crawfords program. Make sure you check them out on Instagram as well. Uh, I'll catch you at the end of this, the other side of this interview. But obviously got to give a solemn RIP to Tim Wakefield as well. So with no further ado, Coach Huey Hackett, L.A. Crawford. See if we can get the coach of the L.A. Crawfords in briefly to tell us a little bit. Coach! <laughs> I'm here. What's going on with you, man? We got it done. Yeah, what's going on? What's I'm going on, man? This, my, this, actually my first time, this actually my first time doing Instagram Live, so I'm trying to get used to everything. Oh, it's all oh you're already here, baby. It's all good. I don't, look, I don't want to call you coach all night. Give, give us the breakdown. This is Keith and Flobo, Black Baseball Mixtape. Give us the rundown. Introduce yourself and, and tell the people uh, what you got going on, because I know uh, we're going to get into it a little bit, but I'm excited for you to join us. I know we've been working on it. Definitely, man. My name is uh, Huey Hackett. Um, born in South Central Los Angeles, Inglewood, California. Inglewood. Uh, yes, started a youth travel ball team about three and a half years ago. Uh, named it the L.A. Crawfords, inspired by the Pittsburgh Crawfords, a Negro League team. Um, that was the first team I played for when I was five years old in L.A. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to kind of you know recreate the Crawfords uh, when I first started the program. I didn't really have like a business model behind it. It was more so just getting kids from the inner city to play ball. Uh, we ended up getting a good group, good group of kids and the program has really blown up. So now we have you know, national sponsors. Uh, we work with a lot of different uh, MLB guys. Um, so I'm just kind of learning as I go. Um, but it's really, it's, really, it's, really, it's really been a good journey though. It's been a good journey. I got a group, good group of kids, good group of families. We actually just finished playing right now. We had a fall ball game uh, earlier today. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really cool, man, seeing the boys at such a young age and, you know, loving the game, man. And uh, I'm trying to just really kind of help increase the participation in the inner city. And I feel like, you know, kind of starting at a younger age will kind of help them kind of, you know, as they get older. You know, you got to start young in order for them to kind of, you know, it's hard to play baseball for the first time at 12 years old, right? So I'll try Absolutely. To it's impo like, oh, nearly impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, like football and, you know, ba basketball. Baseball is a lot of, lot of skill into it, so – um, we've done a good job of identifying families and kids. I really love the game, man. So just kind of continue to grow it, you know. So, so coach, what's the what's the age group of your team right now? Uh, right now, we have a, we have an eight year old team, we have a nine year old team, uh, we have a seven year old team. Um, so we have. I kind of started when I, my first team I started with. There were six. Wow. So now they're nine now. So now they're nine. So each year we kind of add a different team. Uh, so we started with six. They became seven, then they became eight, then they became nine. So each year we add a new team. Uh, I get requests to start a lot of teams, but I was more so it's, – it's tough finding a good baseball coach, right? You can find a, a football coach, no disrespect, but you can find a football coach anywhere. You can find Dang. a football coach yeah. at the gym. You know, <laughs> when you find, find good baseball coaches, especially at a young age, yeah. it's very, very tough. Well, so what exactly makes it tough? Is it just the personnel, the skills that need to be done? People want to do it for a certain time and money. Like, what's the biggest money, challenge? Money's number one, right? So when you have, mm -hmm. if you have kids that are seven, eight years old, nine times out of ten, the dad's gonna be the coach. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that you're gonna find someone that wants to genuinely come out and coach eight-year-olds that don't have a kid on the team that don't want money. Mm -hmm. 
you know. So that's that's been my, that's been our biggest challenge of finding, you know, just consistent coaching. But I've been fortunate enough to have good 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 dads and good families that's volunteering their time to kind of help out. But you know, it's a gift and a curse. Sometimes you don't want dad coaches, mm. but sometimes that's all you got. You know, so you got to just work with what you got because it's hard to kind of like. And I, and I run my my child ball team different. We don't we don't charge monthly fees like a lot of these programs. Mm. I'll charge monthly fees, which I get it. You know, but my whole thing was like. I don't want a kid to be, not be able to play on my team because they can't afford to pay $200, dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? So we do fundraising um, together. Uh, we go play in a tournament. We'll kind of collect money that way. Um, but I, that, that's your own business model. Some people think you, know, you need to be charging two hundred, three hundred dollars, but I feel like that's the reason why kids ain't playing baseball mm-hmm. already, just because is that much? Is it's a lot of money to, to pay monthly fees to go on top of? Four hundred dollar bats. Then you go. Then you go to a tournament. It's seven hundred dollars for a tournament. So it's kind of like you damn near paying like a car note to play baseball year round. So I've, I've been. You know, we, we we take our bumps and bruises. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had funding coming in. But it, it's cool. I would rather have good families that understand our vision opposed to having forty, fifty kids that's paying me money and I don't have enough coaching to to kind of monetize it. So it's more for me. It's more like quality over quantity. You know. So, so, Coach, I'm, I'm interested, man, because you got a lot of game. You've been doing it now for a little while. You start to see all the ins and outs, man. Um, I'm interested to see at six years old what a 6U team, and now you said the boys are nine. Um, why did you go the travel route no, as opposed to, to the little you, league route? I'm glad you said that. So my dad, uh, he has a he has a, a league out in California uh, that he's been. It's like a rec league that he's had over 20 yeah. years. It's called Top Prospects Baseball. And uh, he does all skill levels. So you have kids from three to ten years old that's playing uh, all skill levels, no travel ball. Um, so right when the pandemic happened, um, I've always helped my dad with his league, whether it was me, you know, coaching the team or just kind of helping him with the league. So during the pandemic, um, when everything kind of shut down, I had a lot of parents, you know, reach out to me and say, "Hey, coach, uh, we want the boys to kind of still play. They're kind of sitting around." Uh, parents at the time being thought that, you know, well, baseball was the safest sport to play during COVID, right? You're not really touching each other. You're not really sharing equipment. So I took a group of I took, I took a group of kids that I was coaching my dad directly, and we just started doing workouts and training. And uh, we was looking for games to play. And it was everything was shut down. Little League was shut down. We didn't have anybody to play. So I ended up calling up my cousin. He had a, a, a team that he coached out in the Empire. That's like an hour out from L.A. I called him and said, hey, I want to set up a scrimmage game with my team. And he was like, man, we actually got a tournament this weekend. I was like, man, you got a tournament for six-year-olds? I said, I couldn't. I'm like, they have a tournament? I couldn't believe it. So it was like a tournament. It's like 10-team tournament. I'm like, really, for six-year-olds? So I went downtown. I got some cheap jerseys. Like, stuff was peeling off of it. You know, we go to this. It's like, that's true story. So we go to this tournament. Literally, when we go to this tournament, bro, it's like 12 teams. Man, these kids got button-up jerseys, matching bags, fitted hats. I'm like, we looking like, I'm like, where the heck did I just walk into? And uh, we ended up, like, coming in second place in the tournament. So then when I got back to L.A., I said, I guess we're a travel ball team now. Mm. So I started, like, you know, went out and got uniforms, and we started kind of, like, playing in tournaments. And my intention was, was was never to play travel ball because I do feel like at that age, travel ball is a little intense. Mm. You know, just having three games in one day. And yeah. you know, that was never my business plan of, like, starting. It kind of happened on accident. And then right around the time, when I did it, that's when um, the Players Alliance, um, they had kind of launched. Uh, with MLB, the Players Alliance initiative had, had launched, and everything was going on with Black Lives Matter, with the George Floyd. So it's kind of like I had started my program right around the time when 
we were everyone was trying to kind of get more kids to kind of play. So it all just kind of happened like by accident. <laughs> it kind of just turned into turn into what it is now. So it, it was never meant to be a travel ball team. I tell parents that all the time. Like I never, I was never trying to be a travel ball in this business. But once you kind of get in, it's like you see a level a competition. It's kind of hard to kind of start there and they kind of go back down, right? Yeah. So we'll go play travel ball tournaments. We'll end up going to the championship or win the championship. Then we'll go play you know, little league games. We'll win like 25 to, 25 to zero. So it's like it's a gap. It's a, it's a big gap. So can you talk to me about the actual the, the kids that are on their team? Like, are they coming at you saying, look, I saw this player on TV. I want to be like them. Are their parents saying, I wanted them to try a sport, and I think baseball works for them? Like, are they getting back into the sport themselves? Are they being nudged by their parents? You try to, like, show them a certain way? Like, what's what's the clientele like? Uh, the clientele right now, like, we're, we're fortunate enough to where, where we practice at, we're, like, in a prime location in L.A. Like, where our field that we practice at, like, on a – really on a, on a busy intersection. So we get, like, parents that drive by every day that just get out the car and see us in the field. Hey, what's this? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, seriously, I don't do – like, I'm probably one of the only – I say this humbly. I'm probably one of the only travel ball teams. We don't hold tryouts. I don't post tryouts on it. Because I, I don't believe in cutting a kid that's seven years old. Like, how could you, like, cut a kid that's seven? I don't believe in that. So we don't really do tryouts. Um, it's kind of like a word-of-mouth thing. And – they're not really the skill wise to kind of be ready to play travel, quote unquote, travel ball. We still have a league for them to kind of play in. Mm. Uh, but to kind of answer your question, man, like these kids really just love the game of baseball. Like they love, obviously, they love movie bets. They just, they love it. And we've been able to kind of like create a fun brand of baseball to where the kids are really having fun. They enjoy like playing with kids that look like them. You know, we don't like it. We show up and we show up. We don't, I, I don't, I never wanted to kind of like have a, have a, a program to where we look like we're struggling. Like we always have the nice uniforms. All my kids got the same cleats. Um, I, I, I want us to kind of show up and look up the par. So we, we're known for that. We're going to come with some of the best uniforms and all that. So the, I, I wanted to kind of create a, a fun brand of baseball to where the kids fall in love with the game early. So when they get 10 to 12, they already kind of being in tune to what, what the game is, if that, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. And let, and let me ask you, because let's take it back, because I know when we – uh, we were messaging. Uh, we wanted to also talk about big picture things. Like you were on the ground making it happen with the Crawford, uh, but Crawford. But I know you starting to see kind of the big picture narratives that we're combating or fighting or going around. So you're in a scenario now where you do have obviously uh, teams and kids of color that love the game. Mm-hmm. When you see that firsthand, you guys are going and traveling, playing, kicking butt, taking names. Why do you believe, or why do you? Um, what 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 is your take on that kind of overall narrative that our kids aren't playing baseball, our kids aren't in the baseball, and it's not like, I mean, we know it's not the NBA or the NFL, but just to be frank, nothing is right. right. So. Uh, what have you done and kind of what have you seen and how do you combat, like, the narrative that baseball is not attractive to our kids? I think really it comes down, honestly, like you said, me being on the ground and kind of being in it, I really think it's participation costs. I think that's what causes us not to be able to play as much as we want to play. Um, I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, to play mm-hmm. baseball year-round is very costly. Mm-hmm. And take it from someone that's invested his own money into it mm-hmm. and seeing how much parents spend – so I think the narrative is kind of it's, it's kind of made the way. Like Deion said, Deion Sanders said it best. Like we, we got priced out of baseball. That's how mm. I feel. 
uh, we got we got we got priced out to where if you if you if you're not fortunate enough to have a family that comes from a, a working family, it's gonna be very very tough for you to kind of play this sport year round, and then you kind of get left behind where you're not able to go to certain showcases. I use an example. I had I had about are you familiar with Perfect Game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they had a Perfect Game uh, All State Tryouts, and just don't knock on Perfect Game. I love Perfect Game. Uh, I they had a perfect game, all state trials. Yeah, they had perfect game, all state trials. Yeah, yeah, right. So they had perfect, like probably about a couple months ago, they had a perfect game uh, tryouts in LA where they selected uh, some of the top eight year olds to come to compete to make the all state team. Um, so I had like four, four of my kids make the team. Um, they make the team. Uh, I thought me coming into, it, I think he, made, I thought if you made the all state team that they would kind of help with some of the costs, but. You still got to pay for your flights. You got to pay Oof. for the hotel. You got to pay for your uniform. You got to pay for all of this. Oof. It was like if you if you if, if some people may not have it, so you may not get that opportunity to where a kid may come from a successful family and be able to pay that tab. Are you looking at a two thousand dollars trip to go get to go get looked at? Where sometimes parents may not have that money, you know. So I think that's kind of the narrative. Is like it's not that we don't want to play. It's that it's tough to kind of play year round. It's easier for a parent to go find a basketball court to go have a kid. And then another thing is a lot of a lot of African-American fathers didn't grow up playing baseball, so they're going to push their kid to the sport that they played growing up. So that's another thing to where I feel like it's kind of been a decline and um, what, what, what me, with us, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what was your, like, introduction to baseball? Was, was it watching a superstar? Was it kind of just, like, going up playing yourself and being dragged by a cousin to a game? Like, what was the first time you like, yeah, this like, I, love? I, I, honestly, when, we, when I played, I'm 39 right now. When I played, it wasn't really – travel ball wasn't really existing. Mm. It was more so, like, Little League, then you go play RBI. Mm. But with us, we used to just get out and play. Like, me and my friends, like, we used to play over the line. We used to go find a baseball and play in the backyard. And we kind of really taught ourselves, and we, we didn't really have like a lot of uh, like like these kids now in days. They have more resources than we had. It's, it's more ways to get better. They have personal training. I have kids, have personal pitching coaches, personal batting coaches. Like we didn't have all of that. We just had a, a ball in the bat. We'll make tape balls out of out of scotch tape, go in there, play baseball. Uh, we'll play over the line at practice. We'll go. You know, we'll, you know. It was like so nowadays, I like it's it's it's. I need that old coach. <laughs> Back in the day, we made our own toys, yo. Right, I'll right, play right, both right, ways. Right, right, right. Let's go home now, coach. Yeah. 39 8 8 8 8 8 that look. I feel old, man. But nah. But it's cool, though. I, I enjoy it, man. Man, now, it's, but that's, that's dope about your your induction to the game. And obviously, you Oh, well, no, no, I didn't answer your question. My introduction, my dad, my dad's is still, my dad's still coaching to this day. I have a 15-year-old okay. brother. That plays. Uh, he's one of the top players in the country. Um, he goes to uh, Gar High School. Um, he's he's my dad is a full time baseball. Like he loves baseball, so he started me playing early. Um, I was really really good, like playing. And I have my. This is my story. I tell parents all of the time. Like I'm not an ex pro. I to play high level college baseball. I know the game, and I have used to, I have people that know the game better than me that I bring on to help when needed. Um, and my thing is, I didn't play in college because I had an opportunity to play in college, um, but I had a basketball scholarship, and I could only pick one. I didn't have, I didn't get a scholarship to play baseball in college, but so I had to pick one. And my coach was and said, you can't, "You're here on a basketball scholarship, so we, you've got basketball stuff. You got to be here." And that's why I didn't have, you know, I had to give it up. I had to give it up because I had to go to school for free, and you know, I didn't get drafted out of high school, so I had to go the college route. And you know, baseball, you don't get a full scholarship in college. 
you know, not even partial scholarships. So I had to go, you know, I had to go with was let me go for school for free. So I had to end my baseball career early just because of financial resources and not having the means to kind of, you know, go to those showcases and, and have my parents pay for college. So I had to kind of focus more on basketball. Who, who were your guys growing up, Coach? Who were the baseball players that you that that, that, that you watched, you rooted for, you cheered for? Um, that was Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Daryl Strawberry, uh, Eric Davis, LA, uh, Royce Clayton. LA guys. LA guys. Royce Clayton uh, was, a, was a baller. I love Royce Clayton. Um, I actually love, believe it or not, I actually love Mike Piazza for the Dodgers. Remember Mike Piazza, okay. Mike Piazza, Barry Bonds. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would say King Griffey Jr. Everybody wanted to be King Griffey Jr. Um, when we were growing up. So that's who we kind of looked up to as our guy for baseball. Like, how these kids look at Mookie Best, King Griffey Jr. was our guy. Is, is, is Mookie the, the, the guy for the kids? Look, is there any... Is there any Mookie? Is there any Mookie Ronald Acuna debates on the team? Because y'all are in LA, so we know we know where y'all where the loyalties lie here. Nah, they Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis. They, I mean, they love. So I have kids love Fernando Tatis, but it's really just Mookie Betts. <laughs> Mookie Betts is the guy. They, you know, he's he's no, he is, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's he's the guy that all the kids kind of like you know monitor the game after. It's funny because I get so many kids that that say Mookie Betts. They, I make this joke with the kids all the time. All these kids say. Mookie Betts is their favorite player, their favorite player. But then when I tell them to go to right field, they get mad. I ask them, what position is Mookie? <laughs> Yo, Mookie plays second. He plays yeah, short. Like he plays second. <laughs> he plays right field. Yeah, that's funny. Everybody want to be a shortstop. Everybody want to be a pitcher. It's just, you know. Yeah. In my red club softball team, I was a left-handed third baseman. Right, so right, I, right, 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 right. <laughs> I get it. Now, Coach, but you pointed out two really important issues, and I don't want—I want people to understand. One, the the challenge of the financial aspect is extremely important, and I know it's extremely challenging for people that are trying to do the right mm -hmm. thing, trying to reduce the cost, and trying to get our kids to play the game. So, I really think the cost of the game. The other thing you mentioned, and, and I don't want to take it lightly. I don't want people to gloss over this because it's so important. The, the the getting quality people, adults, mm -hmm. to teach the kids mm -hmm. the game of baseball mm -hmm. is a little bit different in communities of color for sure uh, than it is of any other sport. I, I can't remember who I was talking to on a podcast, and it was um, just really pointing it because it was the first time I'd heard it. But they were saying, you know, if I if I got all the kids in my neighborhood and rounded them all up and said, hey, we're going to start a basketball team. The, the, the person I was talking to said, we would have, you know, five, six uncles, dads, cousins mm -hmm. be like, oh, I, I hoop. I know how to hoop. I know how to teach hoops. Mm -hmm. And he was like, so they would have a volunteer cadre around the neighborhood of people that could legitimately teach the game. Mm -hmm. He said, same thing with football. You pull up all the neighborhood kids in our community and say, we're starting a football team. We would have, they said, we would have parents, yeah. cousins, uncles, coaching the offensive line, coaching the defensive backs, coaching the so-and-so. He said, you do the same scenario, get all the neighborhood kids around a baseball field and say, we're going to teach them the game of baseball. And you got a whole bunch of parents that's like, I ain't never man, played, bro. I don't know. Man, I take it off, man. I can't tell you how to take a lead. I can't tell you how to field a ground ball. And so... In turn, because they don't know the game, 
they don't guide their kids or their family members or cousins, nieces, nephews to really play the game. Mm -hmm. And it is a challenge for someone like yourself that's running an organization to find quality coaches to come I in tell, and coach the team. I tell the parents, if I have any parents in here that can attest, I tell the parents all the time, I cannot wait till I can just come to the game, you know, <laughs> sit in the stands, you know, pop my head in like Jerry Jones every time I need to. Um, that's what that's been my goal for three years. Like, man, I, if I, I wish I could just find some because the main thing is like the tough. Then you have like when you're dealing with nine to eight, nine year olds, yeah. you want to make sure you got somebody that you can trust around other people's kids. Like, I, I have parents that trust around their kids. I, I pick kids up and go to practice. My son is on the team. I have sleepovers at the house for my, you know, what I mean, so it's like a family type environment that I built. Um, so it's very challenging for me to just kind of like hand the keys to someone else and then expect them to kind of be able to manage these personalities because that's important mm -hmm. too, right? Like you can find somebody that may be a great X and O guy that can get plays, but when you're dealing with eight, nine-year-olds, you got to make sure you have someone that know how to know these kids' personalities. Just some kids you can really get on, some kids you got to fall back on. Um, these kids are different. I mean, these kids are a little softer than when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like you got to be really, you don't have to, like you want to be a disciplinarian, but at the same time, like, you want to make sure that you're not really overkill because you don't want to burn them out. You know, I, I hear some coaches where their philosophy is holler, 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 where I feel like that's not really my strategy. It comes off as nonchalant, but the whole thing is like yell positive, whisper negative. You know, I get on the kids, but I'm not going to embarrass them in front of everybody. If the kids is acting up or doing something, I might pull them to the side, whisper it to them, opposed to just hollering and embarrassing them in front of everybody because it's already a challenge enough to play baseball. So you got to think too much. So to kind of like – have a coach that doesn't really know how to like deliver a message the right way. It can kind of, it can kind of really come off to come off the wrong way. So I kind of pride myself in. I'm not I'm not saying I'm the best X and O guy. I know the game, but I, I, I pride myself in being a player's coach. I know how to manage personalities. I know how to you know manage parents' personalities. I know how to make the kids get the best out of the kids. Opposed to just, you know opposed to just kind of hollering and screaming. That's not really my personality. So you launched your business uh, during the arguably the worst time to launch a business and, and grow a business. But like, what wh what was the moment where you're like, man, I I got this. Like you were like just throwing up flares in the middle of a, a turbulent storm in the ocean. But what was the moment where you go, look, look, we got something going. We're building on it. This could be something stable. It could work for me out there. Well, I think honestly, we're really like I said. So I, w I remember I was like, um, you know, I was running. I had started an Instagram page, and then I had the, the Players Alliance. They had mm -hmm. reached out to me via – this was like three years ago. They had reached out to me via Instagram and said, hey, Coach, we love what you're doing. Uh, we're actually getting ready to do uh, – they had a they had an initiative called uh, Gear for Good Tour mm -hmm. where they were selecting teams from uh, each city and taking them to a professional ballpark and taking them on a full-blown tour. So they picked our program and took us to Angel Stadium. Uh, so all of the kids went on the field. They met met the players. They watched the players during batter practice. Now, I think it was right there when I noticed when I said to myself, like, man, I really, I really got something here. This is really, I'm really like creating a good experience for these kids and uh, making them really love the game. And it just became from there, just kind of catapulted into where it's like, I'm, I'm, it's the point where I'm positively overwhelmed. Like, when I say that, I means like, there's so many kids and families that, you know, want to join the program and ask how they can get involved with the program. For me, I'm a businessman, so I want to make sure that the personnel is right before I just go to the mass public, right? We have a good a good uh, quality of parents right now, and I don't want to, like, open it up to the public and have 100-plus kids wanting to come play for my program where I'm not really set up personnel-wise to kind of monetize all of those kids. So I, in, in the near future, for me, if it was up to me, I would have – I'm working on it. The guy willing to work on getting an uh, indoor facility out in L.A. to where we can play baseball year-round. 
I could be able to kind of bring in coaches and kind of have coaches kind of like, you know, work with older kids because, like I said, I have – every time we go, it's funny, like every time we go to a, a tournament, you know, there's no other team that looks like us. Uh, mm. So then we, we'll, I'll see like, you know, one or two African-American kids on the other team and then their parents will come to me after the game. Like, how can I get them? I was like, I'm not really, – I'm not I'm trying to like recruit kids from other programs. I'm not I'm not like that. It's like it's more so it's like a family type environment, uh, and it's kind of word them off. Like I had actually had a kid, uh, I had a kid from Florida. Uh, was really good man. This kid was like a special kid. Man, I, you know, ended up following me on Instagram. Um, I ended up connecting with his dad. Uh, they came out in LA and played with us. Man, it was a great. Actually, a kid from Texas too. We had a kid from Texas. We had a kid from Florida come out and play with us, and then they just immediately like click like he came in and you thought he'd been playing with us for for three years it's just like they, they embraced his family and the kids embraced them and it was a great experience so we're building something special man i'm really proud of what we built i say we because it, it took a team like i created it but i have a good i have a good family support i have a good personnel that kind of helps me um kind of be able to kind of ma maintain it but uh, it's been a good ride that part too though is mind-blowing to me and a little bit scary i got i'm a parent of a nine-year-old too but yeah. if I'm in Florida, I'm gonna fly to LA with my eight, nine, seven year old yeah. playing to play in the tournament, right? That's what they they'll come play in the tournament with y'all and feel it out and then fly back yeah. home. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, I mean it's just it's just I mean, it's just like, you know, obviously, you know, I um had a great conversation with his dad first. We talked right, right. we got to know each other. Um and maybe it was a risk for both of us, man. It it, it, it turned out it was great. Um it was like the like I said I have I have good families and I have a good enough program to where I feel comfortable with that type of yeah. transaction just because no it's, it's it's not not it's not novel and what I mean by that I've I've taught we we interview a bunch of people at every level you know everybody on down uh, and I've talked to several professional players especially in the minor leagues come out of college or something like that my man uh, I can't remember my man uh, just got named defensive player I want to say defensive player of the year in uh in double A Trey Lipscomb okay. was telling me he played on a travel team in Atlanta. Trey mm -hmm. is not from Atlanta. Right, right. <laughs> oh man, it's that has like we're we're small we're 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 a small yeah. stop compared yeah. to some of these bigger programs, man. Trey would travel programs, though. Like, he would travel from I think Trey's from Florida no. It might have been like he made a move to Florida. So I think Trey was in Florida, lived in Florida, and played on a travel ball team based out of Atlanta and would literally go every weekend yeah. and play, like, with Michael Harris and all these guys. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, how? Like, I'm as a parent, I'm like, I'm not – Yeah. <laughs> like, my kid's good. I think, I think, I think I, it's really – I think for, for us, I think it's really – I think parents – I mean, there are other programs that are talent-wise probably better than us. I think I think for the parents it's more for the experience. Like they're yeah. not used to their kids, like, you know, playing, playing, playing with yeah, playing with kids that look like them and kind of getting that experience. Because some kids they may be the only color kid on their team, right. and they never really get that experience to play with kids that's just that's just as good as them that look like them. So sometimes parents wanna, want, want yeah. to want 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 their kids to kind of get that experience to where it's like there are other boys that look like you that are playing the way you plan. So you don't have to think that you're just the odd man out all the time. So and it's, that, it's so important. No, you're exactly right. It's, it's so important, uh, Coach. We talk about it all the time, and uh, we we have that discussion. And it's usually one of two things, right? When, especially when we talk about um, players at the very high level, right? We talk about them, and we'll ask them, 
growing up, did you ever play with, with kids of color, kids that look like you, coaches of color that related to you? And it's usually one of two answers. There's one answer that says, absolutely, from the time I was, you know, now and again, they're in pockets, L.A., Chicago, yeah. Atlanta. They'll be like, from the time I was seven to the time I was 15, I played on, you know, this team with these boys, and we went around and, and you know, traveled. That's one experience, and we do get that a lot. And that, and because they had that experience, they stayed with the game, mm -hmm. and they wind up keeping playing even right. when some of their, you know, by the time you get to, like, 13, 14, that's when you start to see some people drop off, choose another sport. But because they had that mm -hmm. experience, we've mm -hmm. always seen that. And then the other side of the coin we've always seen is, like, I have people look at me, man, and say, Cheats, I was out in Iowa. Like, I ain't seen another black person. <laughs> me and my dad. Me and my uncle, we didn't see a black person, a black coach ever. Nah. And it was like, it, it would get crazy when they would, then they would get to the age, right? Where they would go to, um, you know, these, these camps. They would, you know, they'd be selected enough to go to these camps. They'd be like, man, or by the time they get to high school, they'd be like, that's the first time I saw another black player that looked like, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it was either one or two schools that you're out in LA. And so I just, had Brandon Watson on the show. That's my boy. That's, I'm real close to Brandon. Hey. Boy, I'm close to Brandon. Uh, I've been I've been knowing Brandon. That's like a big brother to me. Him and his right, yeah. I, I just yeah, had Brandon. Brandon was on the show last month. He was on the show, I think, two episodes ago. Go back and listen. It was a great yeah, episode. That's my boy right there. Brandon's a good guy. He, he was telling me about how he, you know, how him and his dad and his his family, like, you know, and he mentioned Eric Davis and Dale Strawber yeah. were, were, were close to his father and his family and so forth. So he was like, that's all I knew in L.A. Yeah, I mean, in LA. he said, like, back in the day, like, Brandon was a couple years older than us, but Brandon and his crew, yeah. it, was a, it was a crew of them, Victor Butler. It was a yeah, they, they, they oh, whole Vic crew. Players alive. Yeah, their whole crew. They, that was, they were kind of like our, our big brothers. They, yeah, they were kind of yeah. like that. We played like minors. They were in the seniors. They were kind of yeah. like the ones that we kind of looked up to them kind of playing and. And uh, so he's right, man. Back in the day, like especially in LA, man, it was baseball was was pretty big. Yeah, we it was, it was a lot of black kids playing. Um, right. So they uh, were it, telling it, me. Yeah. Then it just kind of it just kind of just dropped off, and I don't know what what went wrong, but uh, this kind of like I mean, kids are still playing, but they're not playing like competitively. They're kind of just playing more just to kind of play. It's not really how it used to be. It's, it's, it's a small world. I'm so glad we made that connection because it's a small world. But, yeah, they were definitely telling me about that scene in L.A. And I didn't, you know, L.A. is L.A., so yeah. it's, not, it's kind of big and spread out. But yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. Tell me about Victor, Victor, yeah. uh, Brandon. Victor Butler. Whole, yeah, Victor yeah, Butler, was, Brandon Watson. Yeah, that was, was kind of like L.A. baseball legends <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, I got I got to give credit when it was credit to do. They was really good. They was really good. All right, Coach. Well, look, look. we're going to shift gears before we get you out of here because, um, you know, we're really, we're right in the height of play. Okay. Yeah. We're right. Yeah. It, it's, about to, it's about to go oh, down. Oh, it's serious. Oh, it's serious uh, right it's here. here. It starts on Tuesday with yeah. the Divisional Series. So this is what we want from you, Coach, and everybody in the chat can start weighing in. Who's coming out of the American League? Who's coming out of the National? Who's going to play in the World Series? And then who's your pick to win it all? <laughs> you know, I, I gotta go Dodgers, man. I, I can't. I got. I gotta go Dodgers. I'm going Dodgers all the way. All right, all right, all right. Dodgers on one side. Do you have an American League pick, or you just? Mm, I really, honestly, I, I really, I really don't. Who, who you, who you got? I'm 
biased. Yeah, he's really biased. He's hella biased. I'm in Virginia. Yeah. I've, been, I've grown up in Orioles fan my entire life, being in Virginia. So that was our kind of, because, you know, before the, the Nationals came in, they're our whole, the Orioles were our, our local team. Right. That's the team we got growing up. So I've been an a, a Orioles fan since day one. It's been a long, hard, uphill struggle. You know, we we, yeah. we, we, we had the process, too. They talk about the Sixers in the process. The Orioles had the process. Yeah, right. we, we're we're right. trusting the process. But now we got our young guns, Adley Rushman, Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. We got Cedric Cedric's out there, man, in center field. Now we just got some bad news about Batista. Yeah, I see We're going to be all right. Yeah. We're going to be all right. Uh, so I got I got the O's, and I think again Saturday. So this coming Saturday, the O's will host uh, a playoff yep. game in Baltimore. Okay. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it is. So I'm going with the O's on the one side, and then I look. I see. Look, April is ready to weigh in here. <laughs> April is a Dodger fan, but so we got a group chat. That's what would you say, Flobo? It's got to be 85, 90 percent Braves. It's like 85% Braves fans. Yeah. 15% Astros fans. Pretty much, yeah. My, my sorry ass, like, let's go, right. man. Like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm going to say all that to say I want to see the Braves, the Orioles meet in the World Series. Mm. And I want to say that the, the Orioles are about a year away, but the way baseball works, next year is not promised. Yeah. <laughs> If you, once you once you once you win, it's it's, 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 it's you never know what can happen. Basically. Yeah, we well we can't pay all our guys. That's what I know. Right. So we can't pay Adley Rushman, Gunner, and all the young guys that we have up. Cedric's contract is up at the end of next year. We can't pay them all. So and and we've got the Orioles have the number one farm system in the country. Mm. They just won the triple. Norfolk Tide just won the Triple A uh, championship, and that team is loaded. Uh, that team had a bunch of major league players that's going to be on it. So, look, 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 look at April. Stick with that. I'm going to stick by the O's, but. Uh, he, he, he'll, sound too, he'll sound too confident, man. Because <laughs> I think, you know, it's kind of like, look, look, I hate to bring other sports into this, but I'm going to bring other sports into this. It's kind of like when they got, like, like um, you know, the Bulls having to get past the Pistons, right? Right. Before they started winning all the championships, they had to get that that right of pass. They had to get through the tough team, have the tough series. The O's haven't been in the playoffs. This team has never been in the playoffs. The O's haven't been in the playoffs. I think like since like '96, right? Something yeah, I didn't think about that. So it's like, I think I think we're gonna be we're gonna be we have a lot of fun. Uh, my thing is when the bright lights when playoff baseball is different. Like way playoff, way like, different. I don't even really start watching it, really watching watching it until the playoffs. But that's right. But but it's different when literally every two strikes, don't matter what inning it is, every two strikes they're standing up. Every hit means something. You know what I'm saying? And so since we haven't been there yet, I'm a little <laughs> hesitant to say we're gonna win it all. Right, right. Because right. the, yeah, the, the Braves have been there. Yeah, the Braves have been there. Braves have definitely been there. And they, you know, they know what the lights look like when they turn them on. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't know, Flubba. Flubba, where you got, where are you coming down on this? Uh, what I think is going to happen probably will be uh, Houston over L.A. That's what I have. <laughs> I, I have Houston over L.A. on the repeating there. But I would love 
just because if you watch the the the, the black baseball mixtape Instagram, I was like, yo, I'm all in on the snakes, bro. But the D backs go to the NLCS, dude. I already am playing with house money. I'll be a hilarious with house money. And they go the same way. And the Rangers too, man. Like talk about the Mets having the payroll. Like the Rangers pay a lot of money to the ground to be on the shelf, a lot of money for Scherzer to be on the shelf, and they kind of stumbled back into the playoffs, losing the AL West. So if they go all the way, man, finally give them something, man, because they feel like they were yeah. cursed all season. So kind of torn. Anyone with the Braves, basically. Anybody with the Braves. I don't care. The anyone with the Braves. That's. Oh, you like you don't like the Braves? Nah, man, I can keep that chop somewhere else. I'm good. <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to be tough, man. And again, you say anytime you put Houston in anything, Houston just yeah, Houston, Houston scary. Houston, yeah, Houston is trying to find a way to win, and it, like you just can't doubt him. Uh, but nah, man, I'm excited. Uh, this so this year, and again, we we talked about this probably for the better part of the year, especially since we've been doing these conversations. Uh, with communities and Sunday night and having people weigh in, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's kind of a changing of where we are in the times, or or it's just you kind of you you're more aware of the things you're talking about all the time. So there is there is some bias there of that. What I mean by that is since now people know us as baseball guys, people are more willing to have baseball conversations with us, right? Yeah. So I you know. I, two years ago, I was still a baseball guy, but nobody was coming up to me and saying, let's talk baseball all the time. You know what I mean? Especially black baseball, right? right? So, but, I I mean, I, you tell me, Coach, because I, I tend to feel like there is something happening, especially in our community, with our kids, with our players, where they're starting to take a little harder look at the game of baseball and a little bit more accepting or a little bit more willing to have baseball conversations, even in places that weren't traditionally baseball places. Right. I agree. Um, so, like, I was I was just out in um, Vero Beach, Florida, like, last month. for the. Uh, so I worked with the MLB I'm a, as an RBI coordinator. Um, so they brought me on, like, okay. four, three or four Shout months. Shout out to my guy, David That's James. my guy, man. I love DJ. That's, That's my boy, my man. That's my guy. That's He's going to hire me. He's going to hire me. Uh, so I was actually out with him. Oh, he's a great dude. Man, he's so laid back and chill, man. He's a great guy, man. So I was like, yeah, I was out in Florida uh, for the RBI World Series uh, last month. And it was just so many kids, like, from Chicago, so many kids from, like, New Orleans. It was so many kids that were, like, colored. That was, like, amazing in baseball. I'm like, man, why aren't, why aren't these kids, like, being showcased? Like, they were so talented. It was so much talent out there that I couldn't really believe. And it wasn't even travel ball. These kids were just playing uh, regular RBI baseball, they they were they were amazing, and uh, I think like some more and more people are starting to kind of see that there are talent, there is talent out there that just like like I said earlier, that just doesn't have those resources. So I think those conversations, especially with the Players Alliance, uh, what they're doing and trying to like kind of like build the game, I think these conversations now people are starting to pay attention to them now because they start to see that the talent is there. They just don't have the certain, they just don't have the resources. Absolutely, Flobo, you got some last words here for. Uh... For our guy, Coach Hector. I'm, I'm so glad what you're doing and what you're building. If you are looking for a one-day coach, yo, holla at me. Oh, I have man, no I, skills I, I, whatsoever. Man, I you <laughs> where you located? Where, where you, where you, where you, where you I'm in Culver City. I'm oh, in Culver man. City. Culver City, man. I, I, I'm, I'm been looking for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. <laughs> uh, bro, definitely connect, man. We, 
definitely take all the help we can get, man. I, I don't people when people when people say they want to help, I never like expect for them to commit to something long term. You want to just pop your head in and you know, help us out with some drills and some stuff like that, man. It's much needed, man. Give me and my dad some break. Have a nice gear package for you. You know, I keep all my coaches fresh. Yo, Chiefs, come on and film this, y'all. Come on. Let's come on film yeah, me, Phil. I'll be your coach. I'm gonna have to, it's a long flight. I'm going to have to figure something out. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been out in L.A. like that, so. Oh, all right, man. Where you stay? Where you from? You're in New York? I'm from He's in Virginia. Virginia. Okay, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we got the two up, two down down here. But it's uh, but no, it's a small world, man. Um, especially when we talk about uh, black baseball in the community that they're building. Obviously, we do a lot of work with the Players Alliance. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work with RBI as well. Yeah. And so uh, when we see programs like yours, uh, Coach, and, and what you're doing, uh, and also, yo, you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due. Shout out to that social media too. That LA uh, conference page is, is dope, man. What y'all are doing, what you're building, because mm -hmm. we get. I mean, I mean, I'm be honest, we get hit up quite a bit, and uh, sometimes when we we check things out, uh, we don't see what we see on your page, which mm -hmm. is you guys doing the work with the kids in the community, mm -hmm. making it happen. We see what the kids look like. We see them out there working and, and playing and doing the things. So it was a no-brainer. It was very easy to be like, oh, once we, you know, once we check out what we can check out, it was, it was an easy, it's an easy chance. Yeah, I try to keep it organic and not go too, too commercial, just kind of keep it real strictly baseball. Like, we'll do our content and social media stuff, but I really want the kids' development. And every parent that's a part of my program, like, the fact that we're not, not, not charging monthly fees, I tell the parents that, hey, look, uh, go pay for a pitching coach. Go pay for a hitting coach. Go pay for uh, different trainers and stuff. So then when we come to practice, we can just kind of just practice, you know. So I think that's the best. If I'm not set up, if I don't have five or six coaches out there on a regular basis, like, I don't want parents paying money and they like wondering, like, where's the coaches? Where is this and that? So I'd rather just go pay for the you – know, people paying stuff, they want to know what they're paying yep. for, right? So I'm all about just making sure that parents are understanding where their money is going. And what they're getting out of it, so it's been our system is kind of working for us, and uh, and I just don't want to, you know, I want to make sure the parents are keep it feasible, but at the same time, like, you know, make sure they're getting some good quality baseball. So it's been it's been a fun journey, and I'm just excited about you know where it's going. I have, like I said, we have a uh, we have like four teams right now. My eight year old team right now, they're really good. My nine year old team is really good too, but a lot of those guys are playing football right now, um, so they're kind mm -hmm. of break. Um, so I don't I always advise the parents to. Let them play other sports. Don't burn them out. Um, let them play basketball, especially during the fall. Um, let them play football. Um, so we have multi-sport athletes in our program, to where it's not we don't expect them to be year-round, twenty-four-seven baseball. Like go play. Give me, give me a break myself. Like I need my, my, my break too. So. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, but it's been working. It's, it's very good, man. So it's be a pretty good season. Fantastic, fantastic, Coach. Salute to you. Tell everybody where they can follow you, real quick. Uh, you can follow us on LA underscore Crawford um, that's our Instagram page uh, I pretty much run the page so I'm always I'm, I'm one of the type of people somebody send me a message my son's trying to get on me hey I run our page I'm always answering you know I'm not somebody send me a message I always respond very quickly um, I'm very active on the page um, that's how we get a lot of our you know kids and uh, families that want to join the programs. Uh, we work with a lot of our sponsors through Instagram. So very active on social media. So LA underscore Crawford is our page. Excellent. Coach, we appreciate you, man. We love everything. Appreciate, appreciate the time, man. I love having these conversations. Uh, and shout out to you guys as well, man. Like one of my parents, uh, Steve, he actually had 
reached out to me and said, hey, I got black black, black baseball mixtapes to follow you. Uh, so I don't know if one of my parents has reached out to you. Oh, well, so, shout so, out to Steve. So, Steve yeah. Pulley. Uh, he the one that got you following us. And so I, I checked out the page. I said, man, it's really dope what you're doing, man. Uh, you have a great following, man. So anything I can do to support you, I'm always, you know, always about, you know, sharing resources and uh, figuring out how we can both grow on both of our platforms. Oh, man, absolutely. Well, you family now. We look, look, I didn't know we had so many mutual oh, yeah. connections. We, we yeah, locked yeah. in now. Oh, yeah, David, Brandon, those are my guys, man. Yeah, so those man. are good guys right there. We good, sure. man. Now, look, we, we going to be in touch. We really, really appreciate everything appreciate you're it. doing, man. And we gonna look. We gonna so I'm Flubber. We gotta mark. We gotta mark it down. We got the Dodgers prediction <laughs> and the World Series. No, I'm, so Dodgers, I'm Dodgers all the way, okay. man. To the, to the yeah, we man. Figure it out. So April, <laughs> Coach Hackett. Uh. Yeah. All right, y'all take all right, care, man. We really, really we appreciate, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Coach Hackett for joining us. Kind of spur of the moment, we were supposed to have another guest as well. He'll be coming back. Brad Johnson from the Miami Marlins will also be coming back on. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know Brad was on, and then we couldn't get his audio straight. So he'll have to come on and tell us about this amazing Marlins run and his job with the Marlins organization a little bit later. But I got to give a tremendous, tremendous shout-out. Coach Hackett is somebody we wanted to have on the program now for uh, a few months we've been talking in the back channels and he was able to join us and really tell us some really great things about his life his career um and and starting this program for for these kids in la so we're really excited uh thank you to coach hackett playoff baseball is here playoff baseball is here make sure you follow this week send me a message i'm in the dms all the time black baseball mixtape uh i'm on x formerly known as twitter i'm on threads but i'm really really on instagram please rate review uh follow the show on apple Podcasts. uh it's everywhere podcasts are available but the apple podcast if you rate that show you'll be entered to win some contests that we always give out and we really want to move those numbers up so thank you so much with no further ado we'll see you next time